We were putting it on credit cards just to survive. And we weren't living large. We did really feel like we had failed. We felt like nothing we do works. From Money Fit by DRS, it's the Money Fit Show, your weekly podcast about real difficult money stories, overcoming financial obstacles, and tips for building healthy money habits. I'm Todd Christensen, host of the Money Fit Show podcast. On today's episode, how would you feel about having no construction experience, attending a two-day lecture about building a log home, and then spending the next three and a half years building one? Throw in a story of three job losses in nine months, $50,000 of debt, and, oh yeah, four kids in a 33-foot travel trailer. Please stick around. We're going to need a bigger episode. Rachel Murphy has worked with young people for almost 25 years as a youth director, a foster parent, a mentor to young adults, and is a mom to five children ages 8 to 24. Throughout the years, she became aware of how many teens are lacking easily taught life skills that would help them as they launch out on their own. Her family started the Raising Confident Teens podcast to help teach life and leadership skills to teens and their parents. The main host of the podcast, Rachel is also the author of the newly released book, I Am Not Your ATM. Great title. A practical plan for teaching your teen to manage money. Rachel Murphy, it is my pleasure to welcome you to The Money Fit Show. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I'm I'm looking forward to this. uh, This conversation. I do want to get at some point to uh, talking about what you're doing with both your, your podcast a bit and, and with the, uh, the book, but um, I want to talk about your journey. Um, first though, speaking about the, the beginning of your journey, did you ever think in the years gone by that you would be an author or even a, or a podcaster? Oh, no way. No <laughs> way. I was incredibly shy uh-huh. um, in kindergarten. I cried every day. Because really? I didn't, I didn't want to be around people. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm an introvert, actually. Yeah, I've, I've learned to extrovert, um, but it, you know, it's extrovert tiring. is a verb now. <laughs> I like an, it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've gotten more comfortable with talking to people, yeah. and I like it a lot more. Um, but in the early days, I never would have seen this because I just, I was just so shy. What, what about writing? Were you, did you like to write then? A lot of mm-hmm. introverts like writing, but. No, I don't no. like that either. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm good at it, but it, it was nothing that I really like like to do. I, did, I wasn't one of those people that would just sit down and write stories yeah. and stuff. Um, I, I am more into carpentry, actually. I like to build furniture. Oh, well, I want to talk about that too, because uh, I know part of your story involves uh, building. Uh, let me, um, let me say this. I did read, let me ask you this. I did read that you wanted when you were young, you wanted to be a ventriloquist. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That's funny <laughs> because I told you I was an introvert, right? Um, but <laughs> I took deflecting the, the even, even your own voice, huh? <laughs> yeah, I took all kinds of classes when I was a little kid, um, really? self taught classes. They'd mail them to me in the mail and I take oh, them. Cool. And I was pretty good at it. And I do it occasionally for like the kids at church, yeah. but I was just so shy. Even then, like I could not overcome the shyness part to get yeah. up in front of people. Well, maybe someday. 
Yeah. I was going to ask you to do it on the, on the, on the uh, radio or on the, on the podcast, but I'm not sure if that's quite possible. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you do have this book and podcast I want to speak about, uh, but first uh, let's talk about this journey uh, to what you and and your husband, uh, Keith, right? Right. You've created your life that you've created and things that you've done. Could we go back a few years, maybe before even you moved to California, you guys owned a tech company of some sort, right? Right. We owned a local internet service provider here in Florida. And this was during uh, our, uh, what, the what time frame? Late 90s. So right oh. when the internet was <laughs> becoming popular for everybody. All right. So you guys own a tech company in what has become known as, of course, the tech bubble. Um, and and how did that, I mean, what was your, let me ask before I, how, how it went. What was your kind of goal? What was your goal? What was your hopes uh, what were your hopes with that uh, owning that company? You know, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I mean, what did you hope to that, achieve? What did, what did you, were you hope it would, it would make you the, it was just, it was money or lifestyle you know, or who knows? We were really young and I was just going along for the ride back then. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my, my husband loves to be self-employed mm-hmm. and loves to build things on his own, you know? And I think that was, probably a big driver behind it. And because he was really interested, he, he got his first computer when he was 13, I think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, building computers throughout high school and worked in the computer lab at college. And he just loved all things computers. So right. I think he saw this coming and he knew it was a big thing and he wanted to be a part of it. Cool. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of that is just uh, learning and testing and uh, testing your own boundaries and uh, that's cool. So, so how did, how did that start and how did it go? Um, well, it was very expensive to start because equipment was a lot more expensive back then mm-hmm. than it is now. And it just didn't grow very fast. And we were spending more money than we were making pretty mm-hmm. much the whole time we went, right. uh, we had it a couple years and near the end there, uh, he, he, he just had to get other jobs and work another full-time job. And then we would work, you know, I'd answer the phone during the day and he'd work, you know, in snatches, a lunch break or mm-hmm. when he came home um, in the evening. So we, it was pretty much our, our full-time, we had a, he had a full-time job and then we had another full-time and full-time a half job. job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, uh, uh, I mean, what was it that it, it, you just weren't making enough money? Um, did you, did you supplement your, your living, your living expenses with, uh, with any loans or debt, credit card debt, or did you use that to start up the company or, cause I know you'd mentioned you'd, you had to deal with some debt at, at one point. Right. Yeah. We got into huge credit card debt because of this. We were, mm-hmm. we were putting it on credit cards just to survive. And we weren't like living large. We weren't going out to eat. We weren't, we were just trying to live, Right. <laughs> try to pay the bills. Yeah. I mean, bills take money and if you, you ain't got it, right. you gotta get it from somewhere. Well, what lessons, I mean, this is, so, you know, some people say, well, you, you failed. I mean, what, what lessons did you take away from that experience? You and Keith both. Yeah, we did feel like failures for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, we actually sold that business. Um, so it wasn't a complete total failure. I mean, somebody saw enough worth in it to buy it, but um, we still had fifty thousand dollars in personal debt 
Um, Don't tell me it's now called Cox, right? Uh, no, no. <laughs> one, one big, huge, <laughs> big, huge internet service providers. Oh, okay, good. Um, it was another local, bigger company yeah. Yeah. that yeah. bought us out. Um, and then after that, we uh, we moved to California because we were trying to find work. And Keith uh-huh. uh, went through three layoffs in nine months during the dot-com crash. Mm-hmm. And every every layoff was a big pay cut. Each time you'd find another job, it didn't pay as well. And no. then you'd get laid off again. And then you'd find another job that didn't pay as well. And by the last company, nobody was hiring. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, Did you get out there right as the bubble at the end of 99, 2000 so or so? Yes. Or 2001 even? Yeah, it was... It was trying to remember... Our little guy was four. He was born in 97. So, yeah. 2001, yeah. Yeah. Because then we drove back. We packed up the U-Haul and drove back across the country September 11th. um, 2001? 2001. Uh, I think most of us uh, that that have memories that far, that old, know where we were that day. Yeah, it was it was a bad day all around. It was a bad day for us. It was a bad day for the country. Um, were you we had just to the radio, or how did you, you know? You it was it? yeah. We were listening to the radio. Well, well, not too much. We have a little kid in the car, oh, yeah. um, but um, it, the streets were desert. It was like an apocalyptic yeah. movie. Sure. Um, uh, actually, we had just flown in. We we had been in China the day before. Um, we had a trip already planned. My parents uh, did poverty relief work there for like Mm -hmm. 20 years. Mm -hmm. And so we had already had a trip planned to go see them and we'd already bought the tickets. So we had gone ahead and uh, flown out there and we flew back September 10th. So we almost didn't make it back and um, we couldn't sleep that night because we were in California. So we're several hours behind New York. Um, And then, so we turned on the TV because we couldn't sleep and we saw all that happening. So it was like, uh, yeah. So like uh, our world was falling apart pretty much. Yeah, um, you, you've gone through, I mean, you, you had to sell the baby. I mean, that what you, what you built that right. ISP and then there's the, just the uh, cost and the headaches of moving cross country. Cause you moved from Florida to Ca- California, right? Right. Right. I mean, that's not easy. And you had a little three-year-old or uh, four, three or four-year-old yeah. at the time. Right. And then nine months of, of really frustration, uh, frustrating um, employment experience before you start heading back. Yeah, so we we did really feel like we had failed. Like we felt like we can't do anything. <laughs> Nothing uh-huh. we do works. Yeah, and so we went through a real period of like um, Keith drove a cab for like six years because uh-huh. uh, he just didn't want to put himself out there anymore. Um, it's a risk. I mean, it's, it's, you are, you're putting yourself out there. You let somebody else take a shot at you. I bet you felt like. Yeah. So we were, you know, we were not living up to our potential because uh-huh. we had just felt so crushed. And, and during that time, we'd also had a miscarriage. And so <sighs> we were, we were dealing with a lot. So actually physically, I mean, just emotionally, just all, all, all in a, in a very short period of time. Yeah. Financially, what was, what was happening financially? I mean, how did you, what did you do uh, in, in back in, were you back in Florida? Yeah, we were back in Florida. We were house sitting. 
Uh, so that helped. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the, the, it took us five years to pay off that 50,000. And in those five years, we didn't make more than $30,000 a year. Mm-hmm. So we were like ramen noodle soup diet. <laughs> <laughs> so we drove a car that was like 1500, cost us $1,500. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a stick shift and I really couldn't drive a stick shift, but I needed a car. So I taught, taught myself. Got to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and with a child in the car. Yeah. And so then we, you know, it, it was really tight. I remember, you know, looking, thinking back to the budget back then, you know, I remember, you know, sometimes our, our monthly budget for entertainment, you know, our dining out entertainment budget, a dollar seven, because we got a red box movie, you know, a dollar seven for, and that was for the, the, the month or the week for the month. Right. For the month. Dollar <laughs> seven. Yeah. Well, uh, with the tax, right? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, okay. So a lot of people going through that with that much debt, you had to have thought about bankruptcy. Yeah. Yeah, we I mean, did. Were people telling you, oh, just file for bankruptcy, get it, get it over with. Well, we went round and round on this topic. Um, yeah. We, we would go and talk to people that re- we respected, you know, people that were our parents' age, um, mm-hmm. pastors, different people. And, and just say, what do you think we should do? This is what's going on. And, pretty much all of them told us to declare bankruptcy. Right. And we were at the point, right at the point where we were about to, we, we mm-hmm. had an appointment with the lawyer and I don't know. I just, I didn't feel right about it. And, mm-hmm. and I don't, and that's not a judgment on anybody that's done that because right. I totally understand the stress and the wanting to be free, you know, yeah. in that situation. But I just didn't feel like we were supposed to. And we have a deal in our family. If one of us isn't comfortable with the direction we're going, we don't do it. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I really um, am thankful for Keith. Cause I know as a man, uh-huh. the pressure of finances is even yeah. more than it is for a woman. Um but he was like, because I know he was really, really stressed out and overloaded, but he was like, okay, if you think we need to pay this off, we'll do it. Um, so that's what we did. Well, you must have, I mean, that, yeah, I can understand being being hard for both of you in that situation. Um, but you must have had the conversation about, okay, so if we're not going to go down this path, which your family, friends, people from your church, I mean, it's not like they, they, you were, you would have done it and people would say, well, you shouldn't have done that because they're all telling you. Right. But you must have had that conversation about, okay, if we're not going to go down this path, we're going to have to make these kind of sacrifices, these kind of changes or these kind of, we're going to have to do this, this and that. And it's not going to be easy. Right. Do you remember some of those discussions or what are some of the things that you just said, you guys decided, you know, we, we're going to have to do this for this, this, this long, and we're just going to have to sacrifice this or that or the other. You know, I never really, I don't remember those conversations. We probably had them. It was more of like, you know, sometimes they say, don't think about the how, mm-hmm. you know, you, you get all up into the house and you get yeah. stuck. Right. You just say you're going to do it and you'll figure out a way. <laughs> I yeah. kind of think that's what happened. Um, and we'd, just... we'd been kind of used to living pretty freely because we were trying not to get into all the debt to start right. with. Right. Uh, we just kept it going for parents of young kids parents want to give their kids 
the, the best life possible. That can sometimes feel like, you know, how are we supposed to, you know, we want to be able to um, let our, our child do this, that, and the other, be able to provide this for them and that for them. Do you remember those kind of feelings or those kind of situations? Um, Well, our, it's a lot easier for kids are little Mm -hmm. is my thought on that. Um, Cause they're not going to remember as much and they don't need as much, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, they don't need a big first birthday party. They don't need lots of toys, you know, hand-me-downs. They can wear Mm -hmm. hand-me-downs. We live in Florida, so they pretty much just wore t-shirt and a diaper. (laughs) Um, you know, I get that you, you feel like you're not being a good parent, but kids mostly just need love and a safe environment Mm -hmm. and they don't need as much as you think they do. And I'm not saying that this is something I think people should do for long periods of time. You know, we were focused for everybody. Right. Yeah. And, and we knew this wasn't a permanent situation. We knew we're going to have to do this for a few years, but it, it's one thing if you think you're going to have to do it for the rest of your life. And another, if you like can see the end. Okay. So now that, that brings me to this question that how did you know, or, or when did you get to the point that you realized it wasn't going to be the rest of your life? I mean, it, because it, it's so easy to feel beaten down and, and say, you know, this is what life's throwing at me and this is what I'm always going to be. Right. Yeah. How did you guys address that? How did you keep, keep, keep at it? I guess. Yeah. It's uh, I think for us, it was a gradual, I mean, our, our story took years. I mean, it took us years to dig out, but I don't think it, I think it could have gone a lot faster. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think a lot of that was our mindset, uh, how we didn't believe in ourselves Mm -hmm. and some of that was fixed by just getting out and doing stuff and trying things and um, learning about failure and seeing that it wasn't a reflection on you as a person when you fail. It's yeah. more of a learning experience and you just figure out other ways to do things. Uh-huh. Um, uh, we've been paying it down the whole time. So mm-hmm. Uh, we went through consumer credit counseling of Atlanta back, back then. And they were really good about just, you know, they don't, they, they make deals where you don't have to pay all the interest and, you know, Mm -hmm. so it didn't feel as overwhelming. Right. And, you know, you have to make the commitment. You're not going to get into any more debt when you go into one of those programs. So that was, that was good. Um, So, so it, it wasn't a, all of a sudden we realized, you know, it was more for us. It was a gradual, um, it was a gradual process. And I think that we had to get tired enough of where we were at, even though we'd been through all the bad stuff and you would say that was the rock bottom. I think um, mentally our rock bottom didn't come until we're just like, we can't keep living like this. You know, Mm -hmm. we got to go out there and do something different. And then he started, um, getting back into it and uh-huh. you know, I think it would be like for somebody, somebody that um, cannot see out of the situation they're in, maybe they're living in a low, in, um, low income neighborhood, they're working minimum wage jobs. Well, what's the plan? You know, can you go to mm-hmm. co- school? Can you go to college and get a degree and make a better job, get a mm-hmm. better job? 
kind of along those lines, you, you, you know, get, once you get a plan going, it, mm-hmm. it makes, gives you hope. <laughs> okay. So you, you talked about not believing yourselves and you referred to that previously as not having no faith in yourself. So now you talk about hope and faith, right? Right. I mean, that is that what you, you look back at the, the, the difficult times. Is that, or is there something else that you brought out of those years that you wouldn't give up for anything? Yeah. You know, we talk a lot about, oh, I never want to go through that again, but I really do feel like it made us who we are mm-hmm. and totally changed our perspective on life, on what we could accomplish. Like, you know, you dig out of a big challenge like that and you're like, woohoo, I did it, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Big pat on the back. Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 I mean, besides faith and hope, and now you got confidence. Yeah. yeah. So, Actually, I, I've never thought about this until you just said that, but our, our third child, that's her middle name is hope. Really? Yeah. Born during that time. Yeah. Right. Uh, right after she was born is when we paid off the last. Um, Very cool. That. Nice. So it took about, did you say it was about five years? Right. Yeah. Okay. So you, you're, you're, you're now debt, debt free. Are you still, are you still um, house sitting or you got a place of your own at that point? No, we had moved. Uh, let's, let me think. We had moved to um, North Carolina. We got another job. Keith uh-huh. had got, gotten back into IT and we'd moved to North Carolina at that time. Okay. So we were off on our own. All right. Doing a lot better. <laughs> and, and pretty, pretty soon you guys get the, speaking of, of housing, you guys get the idea that you're going to build something on your own, but it's yes. not like Habitat for Humanity or you're going to, you know, work with the builder. Can you tell us what, what your plans were, what you, what you did and maybe what you were thinking. <laughs> Um, yeah, we wanted to build a log home. Um, we thought it would save us money actually was the main reason we did it, which it Mm -hmm. didn't, but, (laughs) um, we had seen this website of this guy who taught log home building. Um, and it was a two day class and we had no construction experience. Nobody in our family has ever been in construction. And we decided let's just go to this class and see, see what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. And so we went to the class. We never no outside, no construction really in the classes. It was all just him talk them talking to us. It was all lecture. Right. Um, And we're like, we get done out of that. And we're like, huh, we could, we, we think we could do this. So (laughs) about a year later, we came home and bought land and started building the house. Okay. Back in Florida? Right, in Florida, yeah. Okay, you, were you even in the carpentry then? No, no, that came later. I think I had built a step stool for the, to get the kids to get to the sink. Something you can sit on while you're working on the house, right? <laughs> okay, so log home, not a log cabin. I guess there's a difference, right? Well, it's, it's, it's bigger. Uh, yeah. It was about 1,600 square feet. And it, it had a log log home. I mean, you're going to have walls, uh, flat walls on the inside. It's not just no. rough. No, they were round all the way around. Oh, so you would be able it to. It was a full log. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. And... Not, not a kit. It wasn't a kit. We, uh, uh-huh. my husband actually planted the trees when he was a little boy 
uh-huh. on his grandparents' land. Um, and their plan was to sell them for telephone poles. Yeah. 30 years in the future. Okay. So that's what we used. <laughs> All right. So you, 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 you use those poles, which pretty cool sentimentally. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, how did it go? I mean, it, you, you went to a full two days of, uh, yeah. of coursework, of lectures. Uh, how, what was, how did you know that it, you were in for something different? When, when did you, how quickly did you realize then what you had thought it might be? That we ran over our head pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was pretty quick. Um, it was kind of just like, you do what you can do today. Yeah. And deal with the other stuff tomorrow. Because okay. um, there were so many challenges that came up that we're like, what do we do here? We don't know. Let's Google it, you know? Mm-hmm. And they had a forum, which you could get people to answer, answer questions if you needed. Right. Um, the, during this time, Keith was actually working out of town. So he would leave out of town Sunday afternoon, noon, go back to work in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and then he would drive back home Friday night. Hmm. So during the week, a lot of it, I, I worked up on it by myself um, hmm. with the kids. And we lived in a 33-foot travel trailer, which I don't advise anyone to do if they have four children. <laughs> four kids on site right there yeah. where you were building? Yeah. You had the it, land. You're going to live on it. It was very motivating for me to get out of there and work on the house because – I, need I didn't to want to be there. Year. I need to build a, a, a so that bonus room first. Get your kids out of here. <laughs> How, what about water? I mean, you, did you have electricity out there? Water? Yeah, yeah, we had electricity and water. Okay. So you're. How long did this process go on, and and who was all involved? It took about three and a half years. Uh, me and my father-in-law did a lot of it, and mm-hmm. then um, when my dad my parents would come home once a year and they'd help. And then Keith uh, would come home on the weekends and work. Mm-hmm. Um, it was slow going. Some days we would work all day and only get one log up. Mm. We, we had to, cause our, not all our logs were perfectly straight. Right. So we had to like, sometimes we'd put them up there and be like, that one's not going to work there. It's not lining up right. So we'd right. have to take it down and we, we would pound rebar in it every foot. Like uh, it would go, yeah. it would go, it was every two feet, but it was every, it was, it was down through the log and then halfway through the first log. So it ended up being every foot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So Ugh. it was a very slow process and a lot of days I wanted to quit, <laughs> Yeah, but then nobody buys half built log homes. So yeah. I learned a, that's, that is where our lessons about failure and about resilience and about figuring things out really, really um, were, were learned by us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you, you'd gone through several challenges previously in the last previous five years or 10 years. And uh, was the idea that, hey, you know, we're, I mean, we're not, we're going to see this through no matter what. I mean, did you guys have that kind of conversation that, or did you just just, just know, you know we're going to no matter how long it takes? Yeah, we knew we would do it. Like we never wanted to quit on the same day, which was a good thing. Like I want to quit. Didn't agree on the same days. <laughs> um, but I mean, we were stuck. Basically, yeah. I mean, who's going to buy it? Yeah. So we had to figure it out. You, and 
you started in, involving your kids as well. Yeah, they helped. They helped all through the process. Our oldest was 13 and he would sometimes he would help me a lot with like, I, I need to sand this down or I need to stain it or I got to cut some wood, cut some lumber on the table saw. I need you to catch it. Um, he would lift me up and down on the forklift sometimes because mm-hmm. a lot of times it was just me and the kids there. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our next one was seven or eight when we were started and uh, she would cook a lot. Actually, she loves to cook. Uh-huh. Um, and she'd help out with that. And then the younger two, they were two and four uh-huh. and they would, they would take all the scraps and build these amazing forts all through the yard. <laughs> um, but Getting they experience, right? <laughs> they have the craziest work ethic of any kids I have ever met. Like we, when we sodded the yard, they were probably six and seven, uh-huh. somewhere around that. Um, and they worked all day. Have you ever sodded a yard? It's mm-hmm. exhausting. Mm-hmm. They worked all day. They worked it out. They worked very well together. They worked it out so that they would each carry one one end of the piece. Right. And they they worked all day long. Like they're used to working really hard. And we never made them do that. Like I'm uh-huh. not I'm not into it's abuse like, or anything. Don't like labor, don't get me wrong. They just abuse. loved it. I think if you catch your kids at the right age yeah. where they see it as natural and fun, then, then, you know, and don't wait till they're too old, <laughs> then they more, more likely will enjoy it. Make them live in a 33 foot trailer until they get it built. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you, you talk about, I mean, the name of your podcast, Raising Confident, uh, Confident, Confident Teens. Right. How does that, is, is that where this came from? Where you, there were, there were lessons that you saw the kids learning on, on the, this build and uh, what, I mean, besides just construction, I mean, how, what, what was involved with, with their uh, starting that, that podcast? And the thought yeah. Thing? I just, I just begin to notice, you know, a lot of teens, I, I see it in groups I'm in, or I just notice that they just don't know how to do things. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that, you know, when you teach a kid how to do something, they become more confident Mm -hmm. and it just changes their view of themselves. And um, so I felt like there was a connection between learning life skills and confidence. And so that's why we named it that. And then come to find out later, um, I was listening to Brendan Burchard. He's a, he's like a leadership coach, productivity um, guru guy. And he was talking about this thing that is, is actually something that is real. It's called the confidence competence loop. And it says, you know, when you teach somebody a skill, the more competent they become, the more confident they become. Mm-hmm. And then the more confident they become, the more willing they are to try any other new skill. So then they gain more competence in something else and that makes them more confident and it just loops. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, wow, I was onto something and I didn't even know it. I was so <laughs> excited when I found that out. Um, but think about it. Like when you learn to drive, when you first learn to drive, you're so nervous, you have no confidence, you know, mm-hmm. but you, you don't know where the blank, you can't remember how to turn the turn signal on, you know. Um, but then after you drive for a few years, you just, you just jump right in your car and you don't even think 
right. what do I need to do here? You know, you have confidence in what you're doing. And the more things that you can learn, um, the more confident you're going to become. And, I, and actually, I just um, did a podcast with somebody a couple of days ago, and she was talking to me about brain development with teens. Mm-hmm. Um, they, there's something that occurs when they're going from childhood to adolescence called pruning, um, which I was not aware of. And it, and it like cuts, it trims off stuff in their brain. And um, they start, get, uh, you know, you hear about teens and they, how they're doing crazy stuff and they don't think yep. it's, they're, they're craving more that their brain is telling them do more riskier things because it's trying to push them out to learn new skills. Right. I'm like, Oh, that connects too. I'm like, you know, they, they need to, they need to learn new skills. And if we don't, the more opportunities we give them, the less they will be going out searching for risky behaviors because they will get that dopamine from, Oh, I learned how to drive, you know, yeah, I learned how to drive. I learned how to um, go snowboarding, you know, or I learned something that, that fills that need that they have mm-hmm. um, to learn new things. That's really cool. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that, that, uh, that, that impulse is the, the, the body, the brain's way of saying, you got to get out and take risks and, and learn something new and learn your, learn your boundaries, learn boundaries. It's to get them out of your house really is what it's <laughs> Because if they did like a true mom, they would never leave. You know, if they <laughs> right? were never uncomfortable or they didn't want to, you know, they're, they're separating from us and, and, you know, more t- going more towards their friends. And yeah. a lot of parents feel that as a rejection, but it's, it's just the natural part of their brain is their brain is developing and telling them it's time to go out on your own. <laughs> did, did, uh, did your kids have friends over while you were doing the build? Did you have friends on site? No, they would come out for the day, but there was nowhere to stick them at night. <laughs> um, would they help out or are they just uh, your, your kids? Was like, All right. My play day now. Uh, we would have work days, but yeah. but not. I mean, I, and no, I didn't really. You, we you would have like you a big recruiting, groups. You weren't recruiting helpers. I, were, I wasn't <laughs> recruiting child labor. No. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what what are some of the lessons you, you, that you see your kids learned from that whole experience I mean, how to solve here, problems hey, let's let's build let's build a log home uh, in their in their not even 10 years old someone not even 10 years old or their teens so what would you say uh problem solving that that was the main hmm. lesson i think they learned like if if this doesn't work what are we going to do next what's the plan b um not giving up so that's got to involve for you as a parent, not solving the problems for them then. I'm assuming. Right. Yeah. I try not to do that. I try to give them the option. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you think you should do here? Yeah. Um, have you seen any of that translate into uh, uh, personal finance with them yet? They're, is the oldest still a teenager? Or you the oldest 24, is 24. 24 now. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. He's out on his own. Uh, the, actually, the oldest two are out on their own. Uh-huh. Uh, one's in college and then one is out of college and on his own. Nice. Um, we taught personal finance along the way because of what we had gone through. Mm-hmm. Um, we decided we were going to teach our kids differently because we felt like a lot of people in our generation, it, they just, 
weren't taught about money by their parents or they were taught, but it didn't sink in. Mm -hmm. Like it was more a lecture style and it wasn't relevant. So nobody learned anything. So we decided once, you know, we wanted to do things differently with them and go, you know, a lot of people do training for younger kids, you know, the giving, the spending, the saving envelopes. Mm -hmm. And then there's nothing in between. It's kind of like, you know, when I teach my kids to drive, um, we start out in the parking lot. So that would be comparable to the giving, saving, spending envelopes. And then we go to a subdivision, you know, and then we go to a less busy road and then we go to uh, maybe in town and then we go on the interstate, you know, a lot of people, we do this. Yeah. You're not going straight from the parking lot to the, uh, to the freeway. Right. We don't go, but, but the way we teach kids money, a lot of it is like, Oh, we teach them, you know, we teach them how to count it. We teach them how to recognize it. We teach them, you, you should save some and give some. And then we go from that to like, here's the Atlanta freeway at night in the rain, you know, like <laughs> there's nothing in between. Yeah. And so we decide we're, we're going to set it up so that they have to experience practical money lessons so how we do that is we, when they get to be middle school, high school, we start turning over parts of the budget to them that mm-hmm. are, that are relevant to them. You know, mm-hmm. if you, if you go out for ICs once a week and mom pays, how about once a month, just give them IC money and, you know, let that be the first lesson they have. And then, you know, every year we'd add more categories and we raise them out. We weren't, we weren't really spending any more money than we would have otherwise. We just were, were redirecting it. So they were the managers of it. Oh, good idea. So tell me uh, you, your book. Uh, I am not your ATM. It, is this, uh, this has some of those ideas in it or that's what's based on. Yeah. It's based on that. Um, it's based on just practically designing this plan on your, based on how you spend your money, you know, cause everybody's, every family's different, you know, mm-hmm. you, you decide what you spend on your kids and you design this plan. And that way they get to practice budgeting. They get to practice, you know, setting up different funds because, you know, with the saving, spending, giving envelopes, they, you know, they may save 10%, give 10% and then they pretty much get to blow the rest. Right. There is no lesson about, well, what about, things I have to get, you know, it's all fun money, which is not how it works. Right. We don't get to blow, you know, 80 or 90% of our money. (laughs) We wish. So they, they get to learn like, Oh, I I need to buy, you know, I need to buy some clothes. You know, I need to make sure I have enough money and not spend it all. You know, Um, they, they get the lessons of how do I reconcile my account and how do I handle, um, what does this bank statement mean? So, so it becomes, mm-hmm. you know, it all becomes a lesson. Yeah. Um, so if they're going to fail, they're going to fail in the home where they have a backup. Right. Where it's that. safe. Cause yeah. you know, they're not going to ask if they get out on their own, they're not going to ask their friends, Hey, how do you do a budget? Or, <laughs> yeah. you know, how do I do this? <laughs> I, I love that idea of, of uh, giving them money to, to spend on something that you were going to spend on anyway. Right. They love the control. Yeah. I mean, Teenagers I was love control. Eighth grade, my parents, I was the youngest of, of eight kids. My parents started that with me in eighth grade and said, okay, here's your uh, clothing stipend. Instead of back to school, so they, they didn't spend anything on me for back to school. It was like, here's what you get every single month. That was pretty modest. 
And, um, and that for <laughs> that first month, um, I spent it, uh, I spent it on music uh-huh. and, uh, I had $5 left. This was, this was back in, uh, I don't want to say when it was, it was a few <laughs> decades ago. And I, I, my shoes were those floppity, the fronts were just flopping. The, there was nothing left of the toes. Right. And I, my, showed my parents and their answer was probably exactly what it sounds like you would say is like, Hey, what are you going to do about it? Right. And so I went back down and found the only pair of $5 shoes in the store and they were bright, shiny silver, basically moon, like moon boots, except just shoes. And right. uh, that's, you know what, thank heavens they had raised me with confidence because I had to show up to school in those and wear them for a few months. But uh, I learned that was, that was a very quick uh, and practical lesson I learned for the rest of my life. Just yeah. spend it on something that uh, don't, you can't spend all your money on something that um, on fun, you got to have something for the future. Yeah. And it was a lot safer for you to learn that lesson at home yeah. than, you know, running up a $10,000 credit card bill once you got out on your own. Yeah. And this was before duct tape. I mean, I, <laughs> I would have just kind of got a thing of duct tape and wrapped it around my shoes if it had been around, but yeah. Uh, Rachel, can, can we talk about, uh, as we, as we finish off here, I, it's, I appreciate you being so open about your journey and, and sharing all this good information. Can you share, is there a one piece of, uh, practical advice uh, that you would give either to parents or, or, uh, or adults or, or kids, whatever you'd like when it comes yeah. to money? Yeah. This, this is something that I wish I had learned earlier as an adult, um, Get one month ahead with your money. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, they um, they pay this much ex- expenses with this month's pay. Right. And you need to build it up so you can pay this mo- month's expenses with last month's pay. Because right. if you pay your bills and you got a dollar left in your account, then you're going to be stressed out all the time. Oh, yeah. Um, pick up an extra job, sell some stuff, babysit, do whatever you can to give yourself that cushion so that you can get one month ahead and then forget that you have the money. Just, you know, don't be trying to dip into it and, Ooh, I know I have extra. Um, Just forget that it's there. Having that margin will help you just relax Mm. and not be so stressed. So it's a, it's a a different version of uh, the advice of having a uh, um, several months or a month or two or three of emergency funds that you could dip into if you lost your job or if you something happened in the house that you needed to replace. Right. I think this is more, yeah, I, I, I still have an emergency fund. This is for bills only. Yeah. I, just cause it's just that way I see so many people like, well, I'm getting paid on this day and I got, and they got to juggle it. Like true. True. It's just to kind of give you a cushion to like, just relax and realize, you know, it can yeah. be part of your, you, you know, you can be working on other things at the same time. You can be working on emergency fund at the same time, but just try and get something in that account so that you're not, and then you can avoid, uh, you know, overdrafts if you yep. have a problem with that. No, that's huge. Um, that's a great idea. Yeah. So, because I, I, I mean, I've worked with working with a family right now that's been able to do that in the last year and a half. And it wasn't something they did overnight, but uh, it's been made a huge difference to them. Yeah. Uh, can, 
if our listeners, where can our listeners find you online, Rachel, your, your, uh, your podcast or, or your book or, or anywhere else? Sure. Um, I've set up a special page just for listeners. If you go to rachelmurphycoaching.com slash money fit, um, you'll be able to see a link to our podcast. Um, my book is on there. I'll have uh, some free resources, some books I recommend, finance books I recommend for teens. Um, if you if you like my idea of, oh, yeah, I would really like to start turning over stuff to my kids. I have a little spending tracker on there that you can print out and just start keeping track of where your money's going when you spend it on your kids. That way you have an idea of how much you should give them nice. in a budget. Yeah. Good. Well, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to put uh those links on our, uh, in our show notes. So uh, to my listeners, please check those out below. Uh, Rachel Murphy, thank you for your time today. We certainly appreciate you, you joining me and sharing your story. Oh, thank you, Todd. I had a great time. To the listeners, thank you for joining us as well. We appreciate you. Uh, do check out our podcast archives at moneyfit.org slash podcast. And do click on the subscribe button below. We do appreciate you following us. And until the next time, please stay money fit and stay well.